0: Eight hundred two nine eight nine zero nine three. that's eight hundred two nine eight ninety ninety
1: three. You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
2: All right, thank you for that, and welcome to a fresh week of Sports Talk here on Sports Byline USA, coming to you live from the Bay. It's Rick Tittle. How you doing? It's my customary time slot, M-F, 9 to noon Pacific time. That's noon to 3 out there on the East Coast. I'm walking here. And uh, if you want to go ahead and add it up, add it up. It's uh, 5 p.m., In London where I'm a massive star. And it is 6 pm in München. For all of you listening in Deutschland right now. Some of you might be actually on the American Forces Radio Network. I was there and I was there at that time at this time three years ago in Germany and It's funny because I kept thinking, oh, yeah, two years ago today, I was at the Tottenham match, and two years, and I'm like, no, wait, that was three years ago. See what this pandemic did? That whole year, like, doesn't even exist, (laughs) the whole year of doing this show out of my house for 14 straight months, yes, and believe me, I'm not, I'm lucky because I had a job where I could keep working, and people like, oh, there was no sports to talk about. Have you listened to my show? How much do I talk about sports? I had guests constantly throughout those 14 months because there's always a new book to write about plant-based medicine or whatever. So we're here for you. We're talking some sports, not just Monday morning quarterbacking. We got to preview the Monday night game tonight with my Raiders. And also, we are done with the wildcard round. Only one series went to that third game, and it was kind of a little bit of a shocker last night. So we'll talk about all of that at 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. We're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. We're on CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2, on your cable provider. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle, and Tittle Sports with Rick Tittle is a Facebook page, so come on back.
4: 800-754-4531.
2: Well, thank you very much for that and welcome but well thank you very much sound like Elvis there for a second uh, we have open lines right now at 1-800-878-PLAY if you'd like to get in Charlie Besser which is German for better by the way Yeah, uh, uh, Charlie Besser will join us to talk about the Gonzaga Tennessee basketball game benefiting the McClendon Foundation at 940 we will do our super 16 pollster that's college football and once again we'll have coach Mel Churchma who is a uh, Division Two legend and in the Hall of Fame? In the third hour, second—sorry, the second hour—we'll have Foil Arms and Hog. That is an Irish comedy troupe, and they'll talk about their upcoming tour. At 10:25, Chef Alec hits—I almost wanted to say Hiltz—but Hitz for his new book and uh, another new book about Alabama football called *A Program from Aaron Suttles*. He'll join us and he is a southerner through and through and then at 11:12 we'll check in with JD Sharp talk about MLB and NFL and we'll have open lines uh after that <clears throat> so if you'd like to plan a call now is a good time or at 11:25 Pacific that is if everybody shows up and you never know one of my favorite questions I get and it's a legitimate question I try not to laugh at these questions because I can see why people ask is how much do you pay your guests to come on the show? <laughs> it's the other way around. They want to be on the show, but we want to get them too. It's like last week when Aaron Judge hit 62. We have a million phone numbers. It's just that we use them sparingly. You know, we're not gonna call John Sterling in April and say, How about the Yankees? They're eight and two, huh? and you just burn that favor right there. So you got to be careful. You even in my own phone I have numbers that I have never called, but they're there <laughs> just in case something like that happens and then of course everyone's calling them and they're not going to have them on the show. But I think we really have to start off the show <clears throat> even on an NFL Monday with MLB because here's the 101 win New York Mets with a three-game set uh, at home in Queens and uh, going down to uh, San Diego. And Joe Musgrove, who was brilliant uh, in the game, only one hit through seven innings. No one had ever done that in an elimination game, by the way. So you could say the best performance ever by a pitcher in an elimination game, as far as hits go anyway. Uh, but it's funny, too, because I do remember – being at that old country bar at Jacqueline and Square uh, not the Outback the Overland it didn't last long but they had line dancing and all this stuff it's just you know there are enough like you know good old boys and cowgirls and southerners around and people curious about it but not enough to keep a place in Jacqueline and Square which is by the way right on the water in Oakland <clears throat> right on the estuary across from Alameda and and it didn't last, but I bring it up because most baseball players are are uh, country music fans for some weird reason, and well, maybe if they're from the South, Rick, I guess, probably. But um, there was a game uh, after the uh, A's played the Astros. This was about 2014, I want to say, and I was at the Overland, and there were a bunch of Astros there, and Joe Musgrove was just a guy pitching out of their bullpen, and uh, he was just in there, and we were just kind of all having beers. And he really, he was kind of a nobody. And that's the thing that uh, is weird now, because when I look back, and this guy's already thrown a no-hitter, the first one ever in the history of the Padres. And now on national TV, with the brightest possible lights, the playoffs in New York City, to do what he did was pretty awesome. But in the bottom of the sixth, in that winner go home, Joe Musgrove was checked by the umpiring crew for illegal substances. Uh, Buck Showalter made a conference with the umpire and they chatted and they went out and they started feeling his ears. It was very, very weird. It reminded me of Hitler. <clears throat> Stay with me here in a second. Remember, I'm the history nerd. The last ever film of Hitler, he came out of the bunker like a day or two before he killed himself. And, you know, Berlin was falling on all sides. The Ruskies were coming in. And uh, after 30 million Russian dead, they weren't in a good mood, to say the least. And it's just the heartbreaking thing of seeing children dressed in uniforms, you know, these little 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And Hitler comes out, and he's, like, inspecting the troops and their children. And one of them he grabs by the ear, just like the Empire did, and rubbed it like that. And I thought, how can you have like this human moment about look at this sweet little boy and then say, okay, now go out there and die? I mean, I just, that, that, that film has always bugged me of Hitler rubbing the little kid's ear as he's going to go back into the bunker and send that kid out to be cannon fodder. So I don't know if anybody else was reminded of that. <laughs> it was probably just me. But he had been dealing. And I don't think Buck Showalter believed it, or else he was just trying for anything because um, through five innings of scoreless ball he had only had one hit he had struck out four and zero walks and I gotta say Musgrove was you know he didn't moan and groan he didn't hide and throw an emery board he was just like kind of stunned like what's happening you know and Bob Melvin how about Bob Melvin I mean you think about no Tatis and look what they're doing of course they did get Juan Soto so huge but The rules state, quote, any pitcher who possesses or applies foreign substances will be subject to immediate ejection from the game and suspended automatically in accordance with the rules. If a player other than the pitcher is found to have applied a foreign substance to the ball, both the position player and the pitcher will be ejected. Unquote. So after the check, the umpires cleared Musgrove of any wrongdoing and he stayed in and then he got a ground out and then struck out the next hitter and stared down Showalter big. And then he got a deep fly out to end the inning. And then it appeared Musgrove had a little exchange with the Mets' dugout as he walked off the field. So that's just an extra burn on you. Oh, you think I'm cheating? There's your cheating for you right there. But yeah, seven scoreless with one hit. Uh, The first pitcher to throw at least seven and allow less than two hits in an elimination game in history. And uh, the Mets checking him uh, lit a fire under his ass according to people andrew mccutcheon tweeted out here we go i guarantee musgrove has red hot on his ears pitchers use it as a mechanism to stay locked in during games it burns like crazy and i don't know why some guys thinks it helps him but in no way is it sticky buck is smart though he could be just trying to throw him off yeah mccutcheon's right but there's fan conspiracies circling social media that, oh, his ears look red, they look shiny. McCutcheon says it's red hots. I, I don't know. There were some sparse chance of cheater, cheater on the field. But, yeah, look, why would you want substances? The velocity goes up, the spin rate goes up, all that stuff. So Sh- uh, Musk- uh, Showalter was asked after the game, what are you doing? He said, I'm charged with doing what's best for the New York Mets. However it made me look, I'm going to do that every time and live with the consequences. Yeah. The other thing is you could say, you know, Musgrove was with those 2017 Astros who were the cheaters, and Musgrove said himself that he wants a true championship because he doesn't feel great about wearing the 2017 ring. Well, he's got a better chance now because, uh, because of uh, him and his teammates, uh, those Mets fans were just stunned. Especially that two-run single late by Juan Soto to make it six-four, and they're like, "Okay, we're done." All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Charlie Besser on the other side. I'm Rick Tittle, as I mentioned, and this is Sports Byline. <speaking in the country>
8: Wol-
3: Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following? Fatigue, less drive, poor performance... If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the U.S. today dealing with ED. But did you know you don't have to pay hundreds for a prescription anymore? And you don't have to deal with the hassle of seeing the doctor or the embarrassment of going to the pharmacy for a certain pill. Now, with one free call, you can find out how Herbal Virility Max can help you feel like a man again. For over a decade, Herbal Virility Max has helped guys just like you put a smile back on their face with improved performance and drive. Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
0: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334. that's 800-817-2968. Hello, you there in the car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo, I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars calling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra $600, you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744.
10: You must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. By the way, we got some breaking news. The Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Matt Rule after his 1-4 and four start. And it has not gone well since he's come over from the college ranks. We'll get to uh, more of that in a minute. But we're very happy now to bring in our guest, Charlie Besser, And he is here because he's talking about a a very special basketball game that is scheduled for Friday on the 28th at 8 p.m. Central in Frisco, Texas. uh, Texas. It'll benefit the McClendon Foundation, and it'll be from two of the top ten programs in the nation, Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Tennessee Volunteers. They're going to meet at the Legends of Basketball Classic in the landmark game, and this will be a pay-per-view event You can get it at ppv.com. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit uh, more about what the McClendon Foundation is, please.
11: Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, This is going to be a big event, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Early season, to be able to have two teams like Gonzaga and Tennessee going at it in an exhibition game, creating that March kind of feel is really special, and uh, all of this comes together because of the McClendon Foundation. Uh, the McClendon Foundation is named after John McClendon, who was the first African-American college basketball coach. I believe he was the first, if not the first, one of the very first. And he is the father. I Bill Russell called him the greatest and most impactful coach of all time. He is the guy that created the fast break. He created the four corners, and he created the full-court press. The guy was unbelievable. But anyway, NACTA, which is the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics, basically the athletic directors, have built the foundation in his name. And it has been in existence for a while. It is widely supported by college basketball coaches. And what it does is provide postgraduate academic support, scholarships for minority students that have an interest in entering collegiate athletics administration. So if you're a young person, a young minority person who is graduating college and you want to pursue a, a, a postgraduate degree so that you can become an athletics director someday, that's what the McClendon Foundation does. It's awesome work, really important, creating you know access to opportunity. And they're doing a hell of a job doing it. And for us to be able for for the coaches to be able to come together and uh, for Coach Barnes and Coach Few to uh, further support the McClendon Foundation by taking this exhibition game and just taking it to a whole new level. Very cool. Uh, We're honored as hell to uh, um, to be able to be part of this collaboration. So it's been great. We're excited.
2: Very cool. Now, I would imagine this would be at the Comerica Center, because that's where they have the G League team down there, right?
11: Yes, I think that's where we're playing. Yes.
2: Okay, so, um, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because, uh, I mean, it's, it's cool, because it's Frisco. And sometimes you think, oh, they're going to come to Dallas or maybe Austin. It's kind of a coup to get them to Frisco, isn't it?
11: It is. It is a coup to get them there. And we wanted to go to a facility. This was a quick this idea came together quickly. Uh, one thing that our firm at Intersport is good at is putting things together, big things together fast. And, uh, we have a nice working relationship down there at Comerica and, uh, it was easy to get done. And sometimes it's important to hit the easy button and, uh, get things done and done quickly with, uh, partners that, that can also move quickly. So we're excited. It's a good spot. It's the perfect spot. And, um, uh, it's Both the teams are excited about it. So if they're excited, we're excited. <laughs> and
2: I can't say a, a home game for Tennessee because it's the South. Tennessee is, is a little bit of a right. drive. But I would imagine, you know, I don't know, six, eight hours, maybe you get some a lot of uh, orange in the crowd, huh?
11: You may get some orange, but those Gonzaga Bulldogs, they travel. They travel. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of uh, Gonzaga fans there.
2: So tell us a little bit more about what your company does about putting this together, because I mentioned uh, PPV.com. Uh, and um, you can also, by the way, uh, order this through your cable, your satellite, your telco provider, Xfinity, Spectrum, Contour Dish, Verizon, Fios, Altis, so many others as well. It's going to be $9.99. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how you, you your company puts these all together, please.
11: So, gladly, thank you. Um, so the idea was, how are we going to uh, do something that has, a, has an impact for the McClendon Foundation other than just raising awareness? And the opportunity to create a pay-per-view event uh, was something that the coaches had. We, we had a real interest in it. Uh, we were always trying to innovate and explore new ways to, to bring college basketball to its fans. And uh, the coaches were definitely up for this. And the idea was to you to, to price this at nine ninety nine, So it's very fairly priced and low priced, frankly, which is what we wanted to do so that we make it easy for fans to be able to watch and to be part of this and uh, at the same time create um, an opportunity to, to generate some revenue for the McClendon Foundation. So that's kind of how we went at it. We, this is a great – this is the first time I believe this has been done in college basketball. So this is uh, this is kind of a big deal in the sport. I know a lot of coaches and athletic administrators around the country are going to be watching this to see how it works. Um, we're excited to be able to be the first people to do it. Um, we think that uh, – uh, we know the in-demand people are the best in the business. That's why we were – we think very fortunate to be able to partner with them, and um, we 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 think this is going to be it's going to be a heck of a, a heck of a test, and we'll find out if this works. We think it's going to. The teams think they think that it will. We know the fans are rabid. We've we got. It's important to get you know the right two schools that where there's great fan support, and both of these schools are coming off great seasons last year. So it's going to be a test and learn, and I know we're going to learn a lot, and my sense is this is the first of many, many, many more to come.
2: Last question for you. In the 80s, I went to a rival college of uh, Gonzaga, and back then they were just this little Catholic school in Spokane, and they, they couldn't hurt a flea. And now right. a national program that in the last 20 years, especially the last 10 years, one of the elite schools for recruiting, and a favorite for the Final Four year in and year out, and it's pretty amazing a school that that small is going to be favored against a massive school like Tennessee in that game. As you are right, it's going to be a good one.
11: It is going to be a great one, and you would have to argue that Gonzaga has done more with less, especially mm-hmm. when they were getting this thing going in the last uh, in the last two decades, maybe than anyone. Um, what Mark Few's done there is, it's absolutely remarkable. Because I know that Gonzaga was, uh, was in a bad spot, I mean, in a tough spot. I mean, they were in a tough spot. And he not only turned around the basketball program, he turned around the university. And it's, yep. uh, I mean, the, the, the number of applications, students wanting to attend Gonzaga has gone through the roof. Um, it's, a, it's a cool school. There's no getting around it. And, and you can point pretty clearly, I'm sure the academic side is fantastic. But you can certainly point pretty clearly at uh, at Mark Few and what he's done and his determination and his work ethic and his, you know, the guy's got a wonderful demeanor. If I were a college basketball player, he's the kind of guy I'd like to play for. He is. He's just a good guy. And uh, and it seems like most of his people all do very, very well. So we're excited. There he is. So having Gonzaga there is going to be great. I mean, that they're they are now – When you talk about the elite programs, Gonzaga's in that conversation with Kansas and Duke and North Carolina, absolutely there.
2: There's no doubt about it. It's Charlie Besser talking about Gonzaga and Tennessee. They're going to meet at Legends of Basketball Classic, the landmark game benefiting the McClendon Foundation. This will be pay-per-view. You can go to ppv.com 999, and this will be Friday, October 28th in frisco texas at uh, eight o'clock central uh, charlie sounds like a lot of fun thanks for coming on man
11: thank you for for taking time out for this uh, i know it's big for the mcclendon foundation we are grateful for your time thank you
2: all right good stuff and i gotta tell you as a uh, lifelong fan of basketball and sports i did not know according to charlie uh, coach mcclendon uh, invented the full court press He invented the four corners. That's where you'd bleed out the shot clock. And he also invented the fast break. So you're basically talking about the guy who invented basketball. (laughs) This is Dr. James Naismith. And then uh, McClendon. I I, I didn't know that he has been attributed with those three things. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's basically your Socrates and uh, Plato uh, and all that uh, of – of who. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gonzaga, that whole town of Spokane is behind that team. Uh, you even go to Moraga, you go, when's the St. Mary's game? They'd be like, who? It's just a different area. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a break. We'll come on back and talk a little college football with Mel Churchman on the other side, right here on Tittle Sports.
5: Ask your provider or an online prescriber if KolaGuard is right for you. Or visit KolaGuard.com.
13: I'm in.
14: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
13: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
14: Hey look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I,
13: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through.
14: This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone.
13: You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help.
14: It's time. I can do this.
13: Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
0: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-378-3508. 800-378-3508. That's 800-378-3508.
3: Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
15: Teams have four attempts to move the ball ten yards. So if you see a graphic on your screen that says first and ten, that means it's the team's first attempt to get ten yards.
10: be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's always great on Mondays when we catch up with one of the Super 16 pollsters, which, of course, is a collaboration of the National Football Foundation and the Football Writers Association of America, 16 college teams. And uh, we're now joined once again, happy to have them, the College Football Hall of Famer Mel Churchma, the man who took the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats to seven Division II football championships, winning three of them. And uh, Mel, as I'll remind you, I was a Division II safety for St. Mary's College back in the 80s. So um, I, I'm right with you there, my friend.
16: Well, I, I remember that, Rick. And uh i uh, I appreciate that it's uh, it's just uh, you know it, it's great to uh, great to know that people recognize that Division two and Division three do play football and uh, you know we've got some we've got some division two former Division two and Division three coaches that are doing pretty good in Division one right now and that's uh, that's exciting too.
2: No doubt about it. So if you could you're, you're a South Dakota guy, Springfield. you go to Springfield yeah. high. You go to college in Springfield at Southern State, which is now South Dakota-Springfield. What what was it like to do all those things in that one town growing up?
16: Well, you know, I grew up on a farm uh, about four miles out, out of town. Springfield's a small town of about uh, 1,000 people. Uh, when I went to school there, uh, uh, it was Southern State College, and we had about 1,000 students. Uh, it became the University of South Dakota-Springfield, and then, Rick, it was closed uh, The uh, the, uh, governor of South Dakota back in the 70s thought there was too many small state schools in South Dakota, and so he closed Springfield, and it's now a minimum security prison. So uh, (laughs) my alma mater looks a little different than when I went there.
2: (laughs) So in your dorm room might be a hardened criminal now.
16: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's minimum security, so hopefully there's not any hard okay. criminals. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a little different. But uh, you know, I uh, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, my high school coach uh, had been a former player there, a great football and basketball player, and that's uh, uh, he had a lot to do with my passion for coaching. Uh, he came uh, to our high school, uh, you know, I think two years out of college when I was a freshman in high school, and uh, I, John Wessling, I just loved him and uh, uh, the way he handled things, and uh, I, I wanted to be a coach anyway, but uh, that sure solidified, it. I'll guarantee you that.
2: Very cool. All right. Now, as I mentioned to the people, 16 teams, so that means it's not like a 25 where you might get a team that's 500 or something. All 16 are good. Your 16th team is Wake Forest, what were a couple of the teams that are at 17 and you thought, oh, I might put them in?
16: Well, you know, I, I had Kansas in there, uh, in, and they might still deserve to be in there after. I, I didn't get to watch any of their games. Um, we, uh, Northwest Missouri, was playing on, on Saturday afternoon. I was at our game. But uh, from what I heard, you know, they uh, TCU was, was fortunate to beat him. It was a 38 31 game. So I've got Kansas right on the edge. I think Cincinnati, uh, probably is knocking on the door. Uh, a team that I don't, I'm not sure if anybody's got them. I didn't look, but I think Tulane, Tulane's pretty good. Um, they're five and one right now. Um, uh, had a, they do have kind of a bad loss. I think to, uh, I think it was Southern miss and then Kansas state, um, the big yeah. 12 is, is kind of a mess. Uh, uh, you know, I kind of follow Iowa State and Kansas State and Kansas, those three especially, and, uh, uh, you know, Kansas State's pretty good. So uh, those are the teams that I have right now. You know, I, I, I was looking at Florida State, um, you know, and they lost a tough game to North Carolina State. Uh, they could have beaten them, so uh, they're probably not out of it yet either.
2: I look at uh, Michigan, which some people now have actually put into their top three. You have them at five after Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. Did you kind of fight with yourself to maybe put them at four instead of Clemson, or do you think they're pretty solidly at five?
16: Well, no, I do. I, I think right now, I you know <laughs> – I felt going into Saturday that Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State are kind of separated themselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, Alabama uh, became a little more uh, um, human, I guess, Uh, uh, beatable uh, Saturday with the the game with A&M. They could have lost that (laughs) game, um, I think. But I I, I felt like those three were really at the top. And then, um, you know, I was kind of a doubter on Michigan last year, too. Uh, and they proved me wrong, but uh, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, uh, uh, the thing I feel about you know Michigan, Southern Cal, Tennessee, uh, Clemson, they're, they're uh, Michigan, UC, USC, and Tennessee. They're all going to play some of the top teams. Yet, with the top three anyway, so uh, it'll all work out. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Clemson, and Michigan, Southern Cal. I, I was really impressed with Southern Cal. Um, Excuse a team that I was really impressed with earlier on was UCLA a couple weeks ago when they played uh, Washington because I thought Washington was pretty good. So uh, there's a lot of them. I think the uh, Tennessee-Alabama game is going to really be, uh, that's going to be interesting this week. A
2: couple more questions for Mel Churchman, Super 16 poll. You mentioned the LA schools, and of course they're going to be out of the uh, Pac-12 here pretty soon, but Yes, both doing very well. Oregon is in most people's Super Sixteen, and some people have even thrown in the Utah Utes. Are we seeing a little bit of a resurgence to a dormant Pac-12 this year?
17: Well, I think I think
16: so. It's you know they they've kind of just played each other. I think the thing the thing in my mind that hurts hurts Oregon and, and hurts the Pac-12 a little bit is what Georgia did to Oregon. Now, uh, granted, that was the first game of the year, uh, but uh, still, that uh, you know. I've got Oregon in my in my top sixteen, but I sometimes I kind of struggle with that a little bit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see just what uh, what happens in the Pac twelve. I think Utah is pretty solid, but they lost this week, so uh, uh, you know uh, it, it, it'll be uh, those those people will fight it out, and I, I really think I think Washington's going to have something to say about that yet too. Although they had a bad loss this year, this week uh, to Arizona State, which. Uh, uh, really hurt them as far as rankings are concerned.
2: You know, the Red River uh, Red River Showdown was the—I mean, in my lifetime, I can't remember anything that one-sided with uh, Oklahoma losing forty-nine to nothing. The the honeymoon for Brent Venables is is definitely over. Where do you go uh from there like you know Monday morning you're looking at film you got maybe a light practice on Monday whatever it is but uh, what do you tell your team after such a deflating loss on national television
16: Well you you just have to move on I, I you know I think one thing I think that's the the beauty of football is that the college football you you know with the exception of a of a bye week you play every week and so when that game's over on Saturday um Win or lose, you can you can enjoy it or feel bad for yourself a little while, maybe on Saturday night. But on Sunday, you have to start working for you know for your next opponent. And I think, in especially in you know in the Power Fives, so many of these teams are so closely uh, aligned that there's not a lot of difference, and uh, you just have to be ready to play, or you're going to lose again. So I think, uh, and, and that may have been a little bit of what happened to Oklahoma. You know, they may not have been. Really ready for that ball game little well, that they should be, but uh, obviously Texas was really ready, and so uh, he, you know you just have to have a short memory. You just have to keep moving.
2: I think one of those sneaky teams right out there on the periphery that could make a name for himself if they get to the playoffs are the Tennessee volunteers. You think about going into Death Valley and winning 40 to 13, they were without their star. Uh, wide receiver again, but I mean they're wearing black. It might have taken a second to th- figure out who with Tennessee was in that game. But still, to go to LSU and win forty to thirteen, man, we really got to take Tennessee seriously here.
16: Well, I, I do, and like I said, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, Alabama goes to Tennessee this week, and uh, that's going uh, to be that's going to be that's going to tell a lot. I think. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee was good last year. And they're just building on on what they had last year. So uh, uh, it, it's going to be the, the problem is in the SEC. It's a tougher it's a tough game every week. There's no uh, you don't, you don't you can't catch your breath in that league. And so uh, uh, you know even if they even if they go in and, and beat Alabama, that doesn't mean that uh, they're going to go all the way through because there are just so many tough teams in that league.
2: Last question for you. You mentioned the Huskies of Washington, and they started off with the victories over Michigan State and Stanford, which don't look as impressive uh, anymore. Michael Penix was the star transfer, and and then losing to a rudderless Arizona State team, uh, which previously had zero FBS uh, victories. Uh, what do you think's going on in Seattle right now with that program?
16: Well, I, you know. Um Kalen Boer is a good friend of mine. I've known Kalen for since the time he was playing at Sioux Falls, and uh, uh, you know he's just getting things started. Uh, they got off to a great start. Uh, Kalen's a great coach, and uh, they'll bounce back. Uh, I think it. You know, I, I I think their futures maybe a couple of years down the road, but uh, you know they're gonna they're still gonna be a they'll be a team to be reckoned with in Pac-12. I, I'm not sure that they're gonna. Uh, you know, challenge for a conference championship because they've got two losses in there already. But they're going to, they'll knock somebody off. I really believe that.
2: Nationalfootballfoundation.org. You can go there and find out how you can get a vote as well in the Super 16 poll, and there's merch. And, of course, the Football Writers Association is also involved, and we've been speaking with the Hall of Fame coach, Mel Churchman. Hey, coach, always great talking to you. Thanks for your uh, insights, and let's do it again soon.
16: Well, thank you, Rick. I really appreciate it. You have a great day.
2: All right, you too. I'm Rick Tittle. We will come on back and get on in at 1-800-878-PLAY. This is Sports Byline.
4: Pricing information, 800-915-9654, 915
0: 9654 915 9654
18: that's 800-915-9654. No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How would you like to learn the secrets to lose three to five pounds a week easily without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? Call right now to learn more about your risk free order to Body Sculpt.
0: Call for your risk free offer. 800 738 5332. 800 738 5332. 800 738 5332. That's
1: 800 738 5332. You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say. And I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I, very much. For don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank you. <laughs> what did I
6: just say?
10: You must be crazy use a DOG and if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now this is what had happened
2: well that's very dramatic. welcome back to the show Rick Tittle with you we got a couple minutes let's go to Chris in Oakland. how you doing Chris
6: Rick, good morning man thanks for uh, taking my call okay man I always ask you about your drops what was the what was the the, the was that a Saturday Night live skit uh, that uh, preceded our uh, coming back in or what was that? Where he says he went to right, the no.
2: Yeah, that was, as um, uh, told you, that was the uh, Barry Gibb thing where Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake are are being oh, Barry right. and Robin Gibb.
6: You know what? I forgot that. You did tell me that. All right. Hey, um, yeah. the second thing was you, you talked about the, um, you know, yesterday they were uh, checking dudes' uh, ears and stuff like that. It looked like the Hitler thing. And that was amazing video. I mean, this was, you know, again, man, Hitler, you know, be, I, obviously History Channel has brought a whole bunch of stuff to life, but... The fact that you know he had commanded thousands and thousands of people at the Nuremberg stuff—you see those old things—and then he's like, his last days, he's like his hands, his left hand shaking or his right hand's shaking, I guess, and uh, he's like, you know, looking at little kids and like, hey, go out and fight and give your lives up. That was, you know, just, yeah. And it's funny when you said that because I thought of that myself. That's I see that stuff all the time. It's just ridiculous how Hitler had that much power over people and just, oh God, went to Armageddon like that. And you see, obviously, in Russia right now with you know what's going on the ukraine and you know i mean we all want ukraine to win this thing but it's it's a super unnecessary you know action but i don't know you have any take on the ukraine war uh, rick or is this well i
8: don't
6: to- want- <laughs> i don't <laughs> want a- to... Uh, your sports show i
2: don't i don't yeah i don't want to do that here but anyway anything else on your mind buddy
6: <laughs> no but i mean you know you look at you know the the Padres and Mets, how many former ace players were on both sides right just Again, it's our second worst season in Oakland, and yeah. just you know. Well, you to can box. keep
2: Mark. I don't miss Mark Canna, I can tell you. No, that. I know
6: you're big Mark Canna. You're a huge Mark Canna guy. I remember that. But uh, you know, Starling Marte. <laughs> you know, he made the last out yesterday, and then you know, I, I hate to say it, I'm rooting for Bob Melvin, and you know, they're probably oh, yeah. smoked by the Dodgers. Probably get smoked by the Dodgers. But um, really? I didn't. Know if I just hope that. Adams I just hope that
2: the, Houston. Sorry, I just hope that Houston beats Seattle.
6: Really, I I don't know, man. I'm rooting for Seattle. Why would you? Why why is that?
2: Because my whole life, Seattle, well, almost my whole life, and they were an expansion team. But my whole life, the Mariners have been a rival, and Houston's been a rival for like what
0: eight years. I hear you, it's, but
6: but yeah. Seattle hasn't been there since two thousand one. <laughs> Seattle's a great. I've never been to Houston. Screw Seattle's them. A great city. No, I I, I hear you, but uh, that would. I, I mean, I, you know, I got a buddy in Cleveland. So I am to get some room for the <laughs> Guardians. But you know, we'll we'll see how that goes out. But it's just, it's. Um, I don't know, man. It's. I mean, I liked it. I liked the new format. I thought it, I thought it went well. Um, it was amazing mm-hmm. that, well, I guess, three of the four teams that won were the visiting team. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, again, the A's got smoked super amount of times because they had one game. Mania gives up a couple bombs to the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, I like I like the three-game format. And I think the fact that it's, you know, in the opposing team's ballpark, you know, I mean, I mean it's good. So I, I like the new format on this one. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know, man. The Yankees look tough, but, you know, the Guardians might give them a mess. Braves, look. I think, I think Braves are going to take it, man. I think they're going to get past Dodgers kind of falter down the stretch, you know, like the Mets, man. The Mets, 101 wins and they just to lose to, you know, Padres. Come on, man. And they don't yeah. have, uh, you know, their main guy, so.
2: Well, know. Scherzer, I mean, DeGrom showed up, but uh, Scherzer didn't get it done. Hey, Chris, I got to run, man. Thanks for the call, buddy.
8: Okay.
2: Thanks, Rick. All right. I'm Rick Tillby. Got another two hours. Come on back.
15: Say Radio News with Tim Berg. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Department of Labor says claims for the week ending October 1st were at 219,000. It's an increase of 29,000 from the previous week. There are new fears gas prices will rise even higher now that OPEC and its allies plan to slash oil production. Oil analysts say the cut will probably lead to even more price increases at the pump, the White House saying President Biden is disappointed by the short-sighted decision made by OPEC Plus. A group is looking into how many abortion clinics have closed this year. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry has the details.
9: At least 66 clinics in 15 states have stopped providing abortions since the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The number of clinics providing abortions in the 15 states dropped from. 79 before the June 24th decision, to 13 as of October 2nd. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, a research group that supports abortions.
15: Murders increased slightly across the country last year, according to a new report by the FBI. Appearing on Fox Business, Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty says this is why he proposed legislation that would end so-called soft-on-crime
3: policies. That's prompted Marsha Blackburn and I, my senior senator from Tennessee, to put forward legislation to deal with this right now. We need to turn around and get our law and order in, in, in rein, reinstated here in the, our, our cities in America. We need to properly fund the police and prosecutors.
15: President Biden will be in New York and New Jersey on Thursday. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will join the president in Poughkeepsie to highlight a big investment by IBM the company saying it will make a twenty billion dollar investment in the Hudson Valley region over the next ten years USA radio news
9: finding great candidates to hire can be like well
15: The already massive Powerball jackpot keeps getting bigger. With no grand prize winner in Wednesday night's drawing, the top prize has shot up to $348 million. The next drawing set for Saturday night. A big-time movie producer is in hot water.
20: Prosecutors in Los Angeles announced Wednesday that veteran producer Eric Weinberg was arrested Tuesday on multiple charges, including sexual assault and false imprisonment. Weinberg is best known as co-creator of the hit TV show, Scrubs. Prosecutors say from the 1990s to as recently as 2020, Weinberg used his position in Hollywood to lure young women to photo shoots where he assaulted as many as five victims, but investigators say they believe there are many, many more. In a news conference Wednesday, LA County District Attorney George Gascon said no one is above the law. We will hold anyone who commits such acts accountable no matter what your job is your wealth or your privilege from the gulf coast radio news bureau i'm tony maruso
15: new research shows the best time to eat is earlier in the day two new studies published this week suggest eating earlier in the day and within a 10-hour period may help with weight loss and improve cholesterol levels week five of the nfl season kicks off thursday night with the Denver Broncos playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. That game can be seen on Amazon Prime. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Oh, oh, oh,
9: O'Reilly! Improve fuel mileage with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly Auto Parts. A clean fuel system can increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage. Get Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner starting at $9.99 and earn 10 times O rewards points on your purchase. Get the most out of every gallon. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or shop O'ReillyAuto.com.
2: 1-800-878-PLAY to get in 1-800-878-7529 wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours come on in foil arms and hog foil arms and hog they'll be coming up next a hilarious irish sketch troupe as i mentioned carolina panthers need a new head coach the owner david tepper one of the richest men in the world uh, he's fed up five games into uh, rules third year Uh, They got destroyed at home by the 49ers yesterday, 37-15. We'll talk about that. But, yeah, his overall uh, dealio in 38 games, he's 11-27. He's never won won more than five games, never finished above third in the NFC South, and so he's the first coach to go. Steve Wilkes, the secondary coach, is the interim head coach. Remember Steve Wilkes was head coach of the Arizona Cardinals for one year, four years ago. But Rule was brought in from Baylor. He was given a seven-year contract. And, you know, Tepper came in, and the first thing he did was fire Ron Rivera. And he said, what do you want from the next coach? What about his timetable? And he said, if you guys are expecting something miraculous next year, it could happen. It really could, but you can't count on that. There has to be a degree of patience. Because if you want to wait for five years, five years, you might have to wait for five years for 20 years of winning. All right, well look, Rule sort of trademarked himself as the builder of programs. He built up Temple and then he went to Baylor and that was a program rocked by the rapes and everything. And then he, uh, took off it just hit the ways he built team didn't translate the first thing he did was say I love Sam Darnold which was stupid and so uh yeah Rule uh never impressed not even for a minute in the NFL and uh so he's out and Steve Wilkes is in and uh, I honestly don't you might say oh how can you fire a coach this early like the, you know what you have in the guy and it's just maybe he'll hit another chance but not now I'm Rick Tittle come on back
1: Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 27. 333 AM. 333. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 333.
3: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Average from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
18: Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com to get started.
7: Hour two of titillating sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey, check out Channel 9.
2: Check out Rick Tittle. (laughs) All right, thank you very much. uh, Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated in San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show the hilarious Irish comedy troupe of Foil Arms and Hog. And they are here because they're having a worldwide tour. November 4th, they're going to be in Boulder, Colorado. And right here in town in San Francisco at the Regency Ballroom, which I understand is already sold out. So let's bring them in. We have Sean Finnegan, who is foil, Connor McKenna, who is arms and Sean Flanagan, who is a uh, hog. Gentlemen, your names give you away. Let's start with you, Connor. How did you guys all team up?
1: Yeah, hey, Rick. Um, we, uh, we met in university, so um, school, as you guys call it, and we were doing <laughs> different science uh, sciencey kind of degrees and uh doing drama in our spare time and then then the recession in ireland hit and nobody had any jobs the only thing we were left to do was go destitute to comedy clubs and make people laugh and that's uh that's where it all started
2: and uh, i can't even say sean f i have to uh make sure i'm yeah. saying the right one sean finnegan yeah. let me ask you you know i always hear about uh, the, the, the people of uh, Ireland are, you know, so genuine and they take you in. But I also hear that, like, Dublin street fights are worse than anything in New
22: York City. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. I haven't experienced many street fights in New York uh, when we were there for the gigs. But um... we did have one guy
1: in Boston who kicked our bag away in the airport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome as well. I, yeah. I was as close as we came to a street fight uh, <laughs> of late. Uh, and he said, hey, buddy. And we said, hey, buddy, back. And, you know, yeah. then it kind of fizzled out a bit. It was great it was the full boston experience i felt like i owed someone from the tourist board some money after that you know
22: yeah <laughs> hopefully we'll get, next time we go to new york we'll get in a street fight but um yeah, no unfortunately nothing to compare the two to as of yet
2: yeah boston's our most irish city you think they'd be a little more accommodating
1: yeah i know <laughs> they <Yeah>. were not <laughs>
2: <laughs> so sean flanagan hog how did you get that to moniker
1: um basically, uh, as a kind of selfish my selfish personality uh Shines forth on the stage, so I got it from hogging all the best lines and all the best parts, mm. and uh, it really worked out for me for a while until the guys got onto to it. They um, <laughs> yeah. <I> started limiting <laughs> me in that regard. It was a
22: situation where you'd improv a line one night, we'd get a great <laughs> laugh, and you'd go to say it the next night, and then he'd say it. You go, "Oh, what but better?" Wait a second, wait I say a second, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You know. laughs> shoot me, <laughs> shoot me, I'm talented. <laughs>
2: I always think it's funny in comedy troupes when, you know, a girl says like, oh, I like the handsome one. And then all three of you think that you're that she's talking about you, right?
22: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. A yeah. Little bit
2: <laughs> so when you guys did uh, Edinburgh Fringe and I've interviewed so many comedians in, in America, they go over there for a month and they, you have to bark. You have to get people to come to your shows for you. Uh, what's that like? I mean, obviously, it's a skip across the Irish Sea, but
1: still, is it also taxing for you? yeah definitely like you gotta write a new era material for scottish people who start the show with their arms folded make me laugh funny man <laughs> you know you gotta wear them down we've been doing that for i didn't was this our 13th fringe i've seen 10 good shows today this better be better hey big man <laughs> yeah see
22: us being kind of a, a little closer to scotland you know we have an inside track that the americans don't have see a lot of these american comics you guys are you're going over there with too much enthusiasm and the Scottish people yeah. don't like that. No. You know, too happy, too confident. You just got to play it down a bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm a big Father Ted fan. And uh, I remember Graham Linehan uh, was uh, taken to task one time by an Irish woman who says, You're making us look stupid. And he's like, We are stupid. I kind of like the self deprecating humor.
22: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, we love Ted. We love Father Ted here. Yeah. are all yeah, grew we, up watching that. Yeah. We grew up on
1: that. Yeah. Definitely.
2: So, I'm in my 50s. I grew up with Monty Python. I'm sure there was a little bit of Monty Python when it comes to your sketches. Who else maybe influenced you guys?
22: Well, can I just say, just because you brought up Monty Python there, we uh, we've just announced uh, kind of our tour as part of the, the, the US tour. We're going worldwide, we're going over to Canada, and uh, we're going to Australia, right? And so, our Australian promoter put out a tweet uh, from their account promoting our show. And I was like, oh, I'll go have a little look at that. It got one solitary like. Oh, yeah. After like a couple of days, I was like, well, that's pretty depressing. So I was like, I don't know. Curiosity got the better of me. And I clicked into that one solitary like. And it was from Eric Idle from Monty oh, Pipe. Couldn't wow. believe it. Pretty good. Well, always look on the bright life. side of life, as he says. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, you know, I thought it was hilarious. At the end of your Russian map, you said, uh, we're going to New Zealand, we're going to Australia, and here it is. We're also coming to Ireland. It's
22: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. big, big news. Big news. We're here now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Growing Can't up as a, uh, a Catholic in America, the p- priest applying for a job, that one had me rolling, especially said, and also with you. That was good stuff. <laughs> oh, <great.
1: laughs> you yeah, know what? You're, you're definitely on the inside track there because uh, that joke, I think, flew over the head of most people. But those of <laughs> us who had to go to mass every Sunday would have got that yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's a real Catholic one, that, yeah. isn't it? You may have also the- got the other one, um, which would have been um, – uh, oh, so why why do you want this job? And the priest says, "Job." It's pronounced "job," which was uh, one that didn't make the cut. Oh yeah, that one was great
2: too. And also, I like there are many things that many questions that have no answers.
8: <laughs>
2: now, see, for me, growing up, we used to call them FBI Foreign Born Irish, and uh, we had Sister Carmel, and she'd said, "We're going to see a film on Rommel, the Desert Fox," and we're like,
8: huh? You
2: know, <laughs> Rommel, the Desert Fox." <laughs> I just I love the accent too, and I I noticed that the the nuns they either pronounce Ireland with an A like Ireland. I come from Ireland, or even a broken clock is right twice a day, or I the people would say like Ireland like you know Rick when the English ravaged Ireland they took our pig and artifox and they buried them
1: I'm like oh I'm sorry oh yeah yeah okay that's good you got there was a northern one going on there seconds mm. yeah.
2: yeah yeah is that what the how Irish do you do
1: Ulsterman how is the Northern Irish accent.
22: Oh, yeah. That's... The Northern Irish accent is a, is a bit different. You have to do it lower. Hey,
1: because they've seen things and they've been through things what and they've through in their voice. You can also do it a bit higher if they are feeling inclined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's the best thing about Ireland, really, is when you talk about Irish accents, and I do have sympathy for Hollywood actors doing an Irish accent, because in reality, there's, there's obviously no one accent. Uh-uh. You know, there's three or four accents in the like two or three kilometre radius where I live. You go... A few miles down the road and they sound totally totally different so i mean yeah well, to you're... most american ears it's still to tota, ta, 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 ta. there's no change man <laughs> you're saying the same things
2: <laughs> there's i have a there's a, a san francisco irish comedian named david nyhill i don't know if you know him um and i asked him one time why are the police garda in in ireland and he said it, it comes it. from gaelic he says it's like our last gaelic thing
1: Ah, right. Yeah, okay. we're holding on to a couple. Not many. That's yeah. one of them. Yeah, it is. That always makes me laugh because there's a place. Is it in Slovenia? The Lake Lake Garda? And I always huh. imagine all the police just <laughs> having a having yeah, a yeah. swim in their full gear. <laughs> lake Garda. So
2: as I mentioned, you're you're already sold out here. So, you know, what if uh, Brad Pitt wanted a ticket? Could he still get one? I.E. me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Of yeah, course. Of course you get your ticket, man. <laughs> but not Brad Pitt. <laughs> No way! <laughs> I look away, yeah. like, no, Brad Pitts. you expect like, oh, well, could run a competition to give it away. No, I want wood for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, of believe course, me. Over the, the years, me. there are
2: giveaways I've given to like Paul in Oakland, and I'm Paul.
8: <laughs> 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 yeah. you guys know what it's like. You got to
2: get it done. All right, well, everyone, I wish I had more time. It's Foil Arms and Hog live, and this trio will be back as I mentioned uh, in the United States, beginning in uh, Boulder in the Denver area, November 4th, the 5th here at the Regency Ballroom, L.A. at the Fonda the next night, Uh, Austin, Texas on the 8th, Seattle, Portland. A lot of these are already sold out, so make sure to check it out. Where do we find you guys? Uh, I guess foilarmsandhog.ie,
1: right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And if you know anyone in Milwaukee which isn't decidedly unsold out, please tell them. (laughs) That's a very German town, yeah oh, okay. oh. So, okay so bitte kommen Sie to our show from hockey bitte schön all right hey fellas Um, I, uh,
2: I'll i see you backstage huh yeah see absolutely. Right. we'll see you then Brad, right, Brad. yeah now that we're <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now that we're yes, best both. friends foil arms and hug thank you gentlemen have a great tour
1: thanks nice Thanks very
2: much having us cheers Bye. all right good stuff cheers you're grand you're grand I'm Rick Tittle come on back on Sports Byline
8: Who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff You're never gonna get my love
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: All right. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Chef Alec Hitz. And uh, he has a, a new book to talk about. It's called Occasions to Celebrate Cooking and Entertaining with Style. It's his second cookbook published by Rizzoli. And uh, Alex, welcome to the show. I know that people have called you the Ralph Lauren of food and wine. Do you like that nickname and and what does that n- n- nickname mean to you?
23: Well, I think it's a great nickname because Ralph certainly never missed in any endeavor he ever did, you know. And that's a, it's a very it's a very flattering um that that they've said that. So, yes, why not? Absolutely. It's great. <laughs>
2: Very, very cool. So for now, uh, celebrating in style, I know a lot of times people try too hard and they try to make something too gourmet or too fancy. Where do you draw the line between, you know, getting Chick-fil-A delivered and then making some kind of Chateaubriand?
23: Well, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, getting Chick-fil-A delivered is something delicious. So let's not we're not going to put our nose down at that. That sounds great. And if you serve it on, if you, you know, put it on a nice platter or whatever, that can be a great party. I think everything must be simple, 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 never try to, in other words, if you make a party about how much money you can spend or, you know, how to, how fancy it can be, whatever it's, nobody wants to go to that. They really don't. They want it simple, indulgent, um, you know, food, they want to. The fun is to say no rather than have no said for you, so that's that's always what it do. Something simply, elegantly, make it really indulgent, really delicious, and um, and I think it's going to be. That's a winning formula.
2: Well, see, that's Even the key if too, it's something- and and not to genderize this too much, but I think yeah, for you and me, delicious Chick Fil A, it's fine. But I remember recently, I went to a, a little kid's birthday party in a house, and the mom said. I need to impress the other moms. I'm like, this is about the kids. And she's like, no, all these moms are going to judge me. So how do you make sure that you can do this stuff without being judged?
23: Well, I think it's human nature to judge. So if you want to do it right and you want the best, then you need to use my recipes. (laughs) Because I've tested them all 100 million times. They work. They're not going to fail you. They're foolproof. That's the only thing. I think it is human nature to, to judge, unfortunately. Um, but so if that's the case, you might as well serve something that you know is going to turn out really well.
2: So for you during COVID, I mean, so many people learned how to, you know, the old, the old saying is, you know, make banana bread. Did you start to get a little bit more experimental with your cooking as well?
23: Well, during COVID, I, uh, um, I got stuck in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I had arrived in Atlanta for five days on business and got stuck there for months and months at a time. So what I did was write this book. Um, I thought, what am I going to do during this time? My first book took 42 years. And by the way, it is my second book, solely, but it's the third book I've written. My Mm -hmm. first book took 42 years. The second one took nine years, and this one took a, a year and a half. So I, I guess I'm getting better. Um, and I did it all during COVID to, to you know, to not jump out the window. So that, that was a great boon for me.
2: <laughs> so uh, I'm just thinking about like Beverly Hills. Um, you know, I think a lot of times it does get a little like uh, hoity-toity. What for you is maybe the most elaborate spread you've ever done?
23: The most elaborate spread I ever did was at the Palace of Versailles three years mm-hmm. ago, um, and I was commissioned by the French and American government together, governments together wow. to commemorate um, the hundredth anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Versailles, the first of the Paris peace treaties that ended World War One. It was a commemoration. Um, I did a a dinner for 700 people at the Palace of Versailles. I spent about six months in France putting everything together. Um, And I had full access to the archives at Versailles and, you know, the Élysée Palace and all that stuff. So that was the most elaborate thing I've ever done. Um, But having said that, it was, and it was an amazing experience. But those come along very few and far between in a lifetime. Um, And today I've been doing several radio interviews and they've asked what, you know, what was another memorable time. And I've also served dinner to 500 people in Thomasville, Georgia, with basically no oven in the middle of a sleet storm. And we catered from a tent, you know, with with basically no oven and no electricity in a sleet storm. And everybody was happy and loved it. So, you know, it doesn't you don't always get to do Versailles, but you can do great things anyway
2: you know, I've been in that hall of mirrors and did you like walk down the hall of mirrors with some cocoa vin or some, uh, foie gras and look and think, I can't believe where I am right now.
23: Well, you know, I never, so I I spent literally six months in France putting this whole thing together. And I had never until the end of that evening, as many times as I went to, you know, visit the path that we were going to take for the evening, which was a whole thing. Um, there had always been, you know, 6000 tourists in there until the end of the evening and finally as i was walking from the hall of mirrors down through the private apartments and into the entrance that was a pinch myself oh my god i can't believe this is me moment because there was nobody in there except for me and it, that was that was an unbelievable experience everybody else was watching the fireworks from the Hall of Mirrors over the grand perspective uh-huh. and I cut out a little bit early to go make sure that the uh, that the after dinner coffee and drinks were in the right place and there I was walking alone through those incredible rooms that was some kind of an experience
2: and then for dessert you said let them eat brioche
23: <laughs> that's very funny
2: <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in Last question for yeah, you. Yeah, we didn't.
23: Let me just say, let me tell you right now, we did not serve cake that night. If you know what
11: I mean.
2: <laughs> no Marie Antoinette <laughs> references. Yeah, you don't want to see the Reign of Terror no. begin again. Um, no. No. So, what is probably the biggest mistake? Like, if you're giving advice on, especially as we're getting ready for the the holidays, because I think sometimes people plan too much in advance and then they get big anxiety over it.
11: Well. Okay, see, I think they should
23: plan everything in advance and do everything in advance. And the the stuff that they leave for the last minute is always the stuff that stresses them out. Mm -hmm. So I would say do everything in advance, cook everything three days in advance, become a guest at your own party to the best of your ability, enlist the children, the relatives, the friends, or someone you hire to help, and become a guest at your party. And that's going to be the way to do it, and if if you can't do that, and everything's a stress, never let your guests see you stressed out. Never stop smiling. So those are my two tips.
2: And I guess the do way you put your southern mind. flair into French ki- uh, French kissing, French cooking. <laughs> we'll talk about the other thing later. I do it
23: to that too. That's, an- that's another episode. We'll talk- <laughs> Would it be like here's
2: some Chateaubriand with okra? <laughs>
23: <laughs> let me get that sounds revolting let me get back to you on that
2: <laughs> all right everybody it's oh. chef alex hits the new book occasions to celebrate cooking and entertaining with style pick it up now from uh ritzoli alex great stuff thanks for coming on and uh, let's catch up down the road
23: thank you so much for having me thank you
2: all right i appreciate it and um yeah the uh the marie ann quinette quote let them eat cake when that quote was apparently made she was still 12 years old and living in Vienna so and what it was if it was said it was let them eat brioche because like they don't have bread well then give them brioche and it's like no no there's actually more butter in brioche than there is bread so it actually would be harder to make that but that's attributed to her and I'm glad he got it but yeah you walk through those hallways of Versailles and the, the opulence, and you just think about the contrast, because now it's like, you know, Occupy Wall Street, we're the 99%, the haves and the have-nots, was a completely different thing. You're basically living next to, like, a river where you would do everything in that river. Like, while you're drinking the water, the guy five feet from you is, like, urinating, and then you're washing your clothes in it. And then you go to Versailles, and as I say, with uh, Le uh, Soleil, the Sun King, the 14th and then um, powdering your faces and putting on court shoes which we call pumps they still call those court shoes like even a man had to wear high heels uh, at that time but uh, yeah well and he said do everything in advance six months to get ready for that dinner uh, is uh, pretty impressive. All right we're gonna stay with the Okra because we're gonna go down to Alabama with Aaron Suttles who's written a book on Alabama football. We'll do that next right here on sports Bi you mm-hmm.
0: ask about spirit's vision plan here's the number 800-634-0482 800-634-0482 that's 800-634-0482
9: did you hear ron barr's interviews with the biggest names in sports last week now there's a way to make sure you never miss hearing from your favorite player sign up for the sports byline usa podcast and never miss a show with podcasting, we deliver the greatest names in the game directly to your computer every day, automatically. Just go to sportsbyline.com and click on the Get Podcast button and never miss another show. Visit sportsbyline.com today.
21: It doesn't really matter. I uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
10: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show uh, sports writer Aaron Suttles. He covers the Alabama Crimson Tad for The Athletic. And he has a new book from Triumph Publishing, which will come out tomorrow. It's called The Program, Alabama, a curated history of the Crimson Tide, and uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. I just had Southern Chef Alex Hitz on the show before you, and I talked about putting okra with steak, and he didn't like that. What do you think about okra with steak?
24: I'll take okra just about any situation, guys. Okra, is
2: a <laughs> that's what I figure. I like curated because curated. This is from uh, Merriam-Webster. Selected, organized, and presented using professional or expert knowledge. So I'm going to say you are the authority about
24: Crimson Tide football. Yeah, I, I don't top myself at much. I can't keep, uh, I can't keep my lawn green year-round. There are a lot of things I can't do, but uh, I, I am gifted in covering Alabama. I, I, I know it pretty well. Well,
14: let's
2: talk about the program as far as I'm in my 50s and my favorite football player ever. It's the reason why I wore 12 when I played in college too is because of Ken Stabler. And uh, I just think about Bear Bryant, and I look at the cover of your book and you can kind of see a little bit of that bear hat in there. What did Bear Bryant mean for Alabama football? Did it all start with him, or was there notables before that?
24: I think you can't write the history of, of Alabama without going back to the 1920s and the first time a Southern team had ever played in the Rose Bowl. Um,
11: That game is
24: integral to to what Alabama um, is and and how it became. It was the first time a Southern team had gone, and back then they traveled by train, and they were given a hero's welcome across the South coming back home because it was the first time a Southern collegiate football team um, had gone out there and and won. And so it starts there, and, and Coach Bryant, was on some of those teams in the 1920s. He comes back to Alabama in 1958 when the program was on some down times and then just had a remarkable run, 25 seasons there, um, winning six national championships and bringing Alabama to prominence at a time when television was just becoming a thing. you got to remember every college football game that's that's broadcast today there were a very select few broadcasts back then. So he was, um, he was very skilled in marketing his program, made sure his teams were on the opposite side of television cameras so when – they were on TV. It was his team that was being shown. Um, and, and then you also have to consider the, you know, the, what the South was like in the 1960s. There wasn't a whole lot to be proud of, you know, when civil rights workers are being attacked and dogs are being unleashed in Birmingham. But um, because of the football team, uh, it gave some people in this state around the South something to be proud of at a time when they, there wasn't a lot to be proud of. So all of that sort of combined to, to fuel this, massive appetite and pride for Alabama football
2: you know I think about the coup of getting a kid from western PA like Joe Namath to go down there in 1962 and I remember it was uh, Howard Schnellenberger who was the OC for uh, Bear Bryant at that time but as you said you know it's not like now where Alabama's on TV every week how how did they get the coup of getting Joe Namath in Tuscaloosa
24: it's a funny story, but, you know, there's some validity to it. They kidnapped him. I mean, <laughs> essentially, they hid him away because he liked Alabama and was going to Alabama, but there were a couple of uh, other schools he was interested in, and it was almost one of those things that the last school that, that he was with he was going to go to. And so Coach Bryant sent his assistants up there, and, and they, they hid him away under the cover of night and drove him to Tuscaloosa. And, and basically, uh, you know, they committed a call. <laughs> I don't know if he went against his will, But, uh, you know, in a fun way, kidnapped him. And that's how he ended up uh, being Alabama's quarterback.
2: What is Tuscaloosa like as a town? i would never been there. I mean, can you walk down the street with Auburn gear and not get spat upon?
24: Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, there are a lot of grad students that are in Alabama professionally going to grad school. And it's not like that. I had a coworker once who was a big Auburn fan. And he was going to come to an event with me. And he had an Auburn, you know, the Auburn personalized, license plate on his truck and the day before we were scheduled to come down and help me for an event he went and had the got new plates because he was afraid his vehicle was going to get dented or something (laughs) like that. that's not gonna gonna happen i mean there's a lot of passion for that but yeah you could you might hear a couple jeers here and there but um nothing nothing like some of these crazy fights that you see at these professional football games across the country um it's a lot of good natured ribbing
2: A couple more questions for Aaron Suttles, the new book, The Program, Alabama Curated History the Crimson Tide. I just think about national recruiting, and you didn't have to kidnap him because uh, about a half hour from where I grew up in the East Bay here in the Bay Area is Najee Harris. And he had Jim Harbaugh visiting him. He could have gone to any Pac-12 school. He could have gone anywhere. And he went to Alabama, and he said, I'm going there because I want to win a national championship, and I want to be a first-round pick mission accomplished I mean what is it about the reach now of kids who are these blue chippers shut because when I was growing up he would have gone to USC or UCLA so what is it about
15: that reach now
24: yeah I, I think it's a couple things I think it's, it's particularly you look at Bryce Young who was Alabama's quarterback husband trophy when he was once committed to USC I think you know you combine USC being down which it looks like they're they're resurgent right now under Lincoln Rally but then being down um, the Pac-12 is a whole sort of being down, and then what the SEC has become. And Alabama's on primetime TV, um, nationwide broadcast on CBS almost every Saturday at 2.30. Uh, they put a lot of players in the NFL. That's another huge reason that a lot of these kids um, come from all over the country to come to Alabama. Uh, and the success that they have. I mean, you mean you can develop as a player, become a first-round uh, talent in the NFL while winning. And at the highest level, I think all of that is, is why you sort of have this reach now that Alabama is a, a national program that can go into California and get Bryce Young. Or as you mentioned, Najee Harris or Jonah Williams, the starting left tackle for the Bengals. Uh, it's funny, another, another sort of recruiting story, Najee Harris goes to the Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio. And he's got a plane ticket to both Ann Arbor, Michigan, and to Tuscaloosa. And he doesn't know where he's going. He just got on the plane to go to Tuscaloosa with Tua Valoa, the the quarterback that was coming in and that's how he didn't tell the coach staff, he just showed up on campus. So, uh, Nazi's an eccentric type.
2: No doubt. Yeah, I think he's going to be an actor someday too. He's got the looks uh, for it. Um, I was at the uh probably shouldn't bring it up, but I was at the National Championship at Levi's Stadium a few years ago when they uh Alabama lost yeah. 44 to 16 to that freshman Trevor Lawrence and uh the Tigers of Clemson. When, when Alabama loses the national championship, is it enough for some of the fans to say, hey, it was an amazing season? We came in second place? Or is it win or bust?
24: Yeah, it, it's definitely become win or bust, which is unfortunate because you, you take that season of 2018, a really special season for Alabama, and it's almost made winning the conference championship irrelevant. I and mean, it's a reason, a point of pride when you win the SEC which Alabama has done more than any other program uh, by double, it's a big deal. But because they've had so much success on the national stage and winning national championships under Nick Saban, it really gets put into the background. Like last year, no one talked about Alabama winning the SEC championship. They talked about how they lost to Georgia in the national championship game. So it's it definitely put things um, out of perspective for fans because they've had so much success. And, you sort of wish that they would recognize what actually is being done, even when they don't want it all. Um, and that's put some really good teams on the field.
2: You know, I thought was a, uh, a, a real gentleman. And I think he gets lost in all the, the talk between bear Bryant and uh, Nick Saban is Gene Stallings, because he had a fantastic run at Alabama. And I think most of us remember him in the NFL, but people should remember what he did down there. And, and, he was one of the old Junction boys at a and I mean, he was a great football man.
24: He was. And, you know, he built a, a national championship team in his own right at Alabama in that period between Coach Bryant and Coach Saban. And he did it with really a one-dimensional offense and a great defense, uh, which Alabama has prided itself on for, for so long. And he also, on a personal level, uh, had so much to do with the Rise Foundation in Tuscaloosa because his son, John Mark, Mm -hmm. um was had down syndrome so he taught this community so much about down syndrome and how how those young people uh can can make a difference in our lives and can lead lives um so not only was he great football coach as you mentioned just a great man
2: I remember him talking about John Mark and he said that he's got more love out of that kid than all his other kids and it's just yeah he's been such a great I'm glad you brought that up now on the other side you know, we've heard these draconian stories about Coach Sabin, like, don't make eye contact with me, and everyone's scared of him. Is that way overblown? What have your dealings been like with him?
24: I've had a rocky relationship at times with, with Coach Saban. He has the way he wants things done, and, uh, and most time he, he gets his way, so sometimes when we have to push back on something, um, it creates a little bit of, of rockiness, but he's a guy that doesn't waste any time. He... um his day is, is scheduled out to the minute, and he doesn't have time for um, for things that aren't on that schedule. So when he gets off that schedule, he he's a little uh, he's a little difficult to deal with. So it, it's a different era, right? I mean, he's not he's not the throwback coach um, that, that's going to have a a 50 year reunion. He's going to show up for a championship team. I mean, he's this is a guy that brushed off a a, a chance to visit the White House um, or turned down a, a uh, an invitation to meet with the president because he had practice. He's um, he's He doesn't allow any deviation, so he's he's not exactly warm and fuzzy as some other coaches.
2: Last question. He's got eight more years to go, $93 million plus. You think about all the attention, all the revenue he brings into that school. So worth every penny in your mind?
24: Uh, tenfold, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money, no doubt. And a lot of people – bristle when they hear how much a football coach makes it's always important to remember that uh, most of that money is coming from private donations from boosters and if you if you look at the enrollment of the university prior to his arrival um till now it's uh it's incredible there's there's about 15,000 more students on campus uh, at Alabama now than there were before his arrival um the buildings that have gone up he's he's not directly responsible for that but he's a big way responsible for that because you've got the out-of-state enrollment in Alabama is now more than the in-state enrollment. And that's a big deal because it's it's that's football. When these kids are in high school and they see on Saturday afternoon these pretty girls in these dresses and these guys dressed up in the student section, it looks like they're having the time of their life. It's essentially an infomercial to go to school at Alabama. And a lot of kids have have uh, viewed that infomercial, infomercial and come to Alabama. So, Yeah, whatever investment Alabama has made in him, they've gotten back tenfold.
2: No doubt. It's Aaron Suttles, covers the Crimson Tide for The Athletic, his new book from Triumph Publishing out tomorrow, the program Alabama, a curated history of the Crimson Tide. Aaron, congratulations on the book. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Byland.
0: That's 800-298-9093.
4: Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess. Pricing information,
0: 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, that's 800-915-9654.
18: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How would you like to learn the secrets to lose three to five pounds a week easily without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? If you're ready to start losing weight right now, call right now to learn more about your risk-free order to Body Sculpt.
0: Call for your risk-free offer. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. 800-738-5332. That's 800-738-5332.
17: You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious!
10: Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion.
2: Oh, thanks for that. You know, late in the game yesterday when the Padres were eliminating the Mets and the Mets fans were watching their team slowly bleed to death there, the uh, announcers on uh, the broadcast said, uh, oh, you know, the new NHL season's going to be getting underway and because it was uh, ESPN and blah, 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 And I thought, he's like, yeah, opening night. Is it that opening night? We already had opening night. And it was in Praha, Chesky, Prague, the Czech Republic. In fact, the great Yamur Yager was there to drop the first puck because the Preds and my Sharkies played two games over there. And my Sharks lost both of them. So... You've got people saying, hey, the season's about to start, and the Sharks are already 0-2. <laughs> and look, it's going to be a rough road, and uh, unfortunately Eric Carlson's a turnover machine. I'm not impressed with what Mike Greer has done. I mean, how could I be? He inherited a team with a lot of fat contracts. Um, I don't like the 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 Coach Quinn. I, I just thought that was a completely uninspiring hire. It makes me wonder if Greer is one of these Billy Bean types that don't want the manager to say anything. Because remember when Ken Maka opened his mouth, he got fired. He wants more of a Art Howe or a Bob Melvin guy, just kind of stand there. Not saying they don't have input, but it just makes me wonder about him. And how many good players do we have? I think three: Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, and uh, I don't know. I mean, who who else is going to score goals? Tomas Hertel, I guess. Yep. But uh, yeah, so some people are saying we're getting ready for the season to start. Oh, it did, and the sharks are already oh two, and nobody even knows about it. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back for hour three on Sports Violin.
15: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Weekly jobless claims are up. The Department of Labor says claims for the week ending October 1st were at 219,000. It's an increase of 29,000 from the previous week. There are new fears gas prices will rise even higher now that OPEC and its allies plan to slash oil production. Oil analysts say the cut will probably lead to even more price increases at the pump, the White House saying President Biden is disappointed by the short-sighted decision made by OPEC Plus. A group is looking into how many abortion clinics have closed this year. From the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau, Lance Pry has the details.
9: At least 66 clinics in 15 states have stopped providing abortions since the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The number of clinics providing abortions in the 15 states dropped from. 79 before the June 24th decision, to 13 as of October 2nd. That's according to the Guttmacher Institute, a research group that supports abortions.
15: Murders increased slightly across the country last year, according to a new report by the FBI. Appearing on Fox Business, Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty says this is why he proposed legislation that would end so-called soft-on-crime
3: policies. That's prompted Marsha Blackburn and I, my senior senator from Tennessee, to put forward legislation to deal with this right now. We need to turn around and get our law and order in, in, in rein, reinstated here in the, our, our cities in America. We need to properly fund the police and prosecutors.
15: President Biden will be in New York and New Jersey on Thursday. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will join the president in Poughkeepsie to highlight a big investment by IBM the company saying it will make a twenty billion dollar investment in the Hudson Valley region over the next ten years USA radio news
9: finding great candidates to hire can be like well
15: The already massive Powerball jackpot keeps getting bigger. With no grand prize winner in Wednesday night's drawing, the top prize has shot up to $348 million. The next drawing set for Saturday night. A big-time movie producer is in hot water.
20: Prosecutors in Los Angeles announced Wednesday that veteran producer Eric Weinberg was arrested Tuesday on multiple charges, including sexual assault and false imprisonment. Weinberg is best known as co-creator of the hit TV show, Scrubs. Prosecutors say from the 1990s to as recently as 2020, Weinberg used his position in Hollywood to lure young women to photo shoots where he assaulted as many as five victims, but investigators say they believe there are many, many more. In a news conference Wednesday, LA County District Attorney George Gascon said no one is above the law. We will hold anyone who commits such acts accountable no matter what your job is your wealth or your privilege from the gulf coast radio news bureau i'm tony maruso
15: new research shows the best time to eat is earlier in the day two new studies published this week suggest eating earlier in the day and within a 10-hour period may help with weight loss and improve cholesterol levels week five of the nfl season kicks off thursday night with the Denver Broncos playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. That game can be seen on Amazon Prime. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Oh, oh, oh,
9: O'Reilly! Improve fuel mileage with Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner at O'Reilly Auto Parts. A clean fuel system can increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage. Get Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner starting at $9.99 and earn 10 times O rewards points on your purchase. Get the most out of every gallon. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or shop O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh,
8: oh, oh, Auto
7: Parts.
18: Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over the phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now.
0: 800-950-8218. 800-950-8218. 800-950-8218. That's 800-950-8218. Paid for by Want to Sell.
4: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
5: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch.
2: Alright, thank you for that. Welcome back to the uh, show. It's hour three. We'll get into the NFL weekend and we got the preview tonight's game with the It might get ugly. By the way, the uh, Niners versus uh, Rams game last week, there was a jackass that ran onto the field with a smoke bomb uh, shortly before halftime. And you might remember uh, Takerus McKinney, who's actually from Kennedy High in Richmond, he chased him down and then Bobby Wagner went in and kind of laid him out with a hit shoulder pads to the chest and the Santa Clara police department uh, got a uh, report for a criminal assault uh, that the guy who ran onto the field put on Bobby Wagner and Wagner said I'm more concerned about the security guard that was hurt trying to chase him you just got to do what you got to do there's consequences for your actions uh, he said, I have no idea what's in people's hands or in their pockets when they run on the field. Imagine that you run on the field, you get nailed, and now you're going to sue the guy that hit you. If that ain't America, and especially California, I don't know what is. But the thing that I think is amazing is do you know what he was protesting? Sometimes people are just drunk, and they're like, woo, look at me, I'm on the field, Maynard. But, uh, and I, I, I'm not going to name the... The name of his group, because I don't want to give him free publicity, but he said he was, I'm not making this up, he ran onto the field with smoke bombs during an NFL game because he wanted to raise awareness for a trial involving the alleged theft of pigs from a factory farm. So... (laughs) No matter how many signs you hold up like that, nothing's going to change. I hate to tell people. Uh, And as Sean McVay says, I think we all know where Bobby's intentions were. And I support Bobby Wagner. That's where I am with that. I don't think anybody will disagree. And I always think that a guy like that, he got off light because it could have been much, much worse for him. He really did get off light. I have zero sympathy for him, and I hope he loses his case. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Spotlight.
5: Yep, even those in early stages.
10: This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer.
5: Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Coligard is right for you. Or visit coligard.com.
4: beating the books at their own game visit against the number.com. that's against the number.com
7: titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is a genius the best show ever he's so wonderful genius the best show ever He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a, he's so handsome. He's a genius.
2: All right. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It is eleven twelve. It's time we check in with someone over at againstthenumber.com. And they are, drumroll, a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist-specific packages. Their prices are reasonable, their tracking and distribution process is simple, and their results are real. Joining us is our friend J.D. Sharp, who talks uh, baseball and football and uh, we'll get to uh, baseball uh, in a second. Uh, the Raiders tonight at Kansas City, last year when they were at Kansas City, the Raiders, that game was over by the end of the first quarter. Uh, I'm sure the uh, Chiefs are uh, going to be uh, heavily favored, and they are by a touchdown. But how do you see this one working out tonight?
17: You got run throw back um, with a, a healthy offensive line. The Chiefs have been really, really good against the run this year. They've only given up 66 yards a game, which is super interesting, I think. But their pass defense is nothing short of porous. They blitz a ton. We'll see if, if Carr, if the Raiders' offensive linemen can pick up these blitzes and if Josh Jacobs can pick up these blitzes. And I think that he probably can because he's built for it. With Adams and Renfro and Waller and even Mac Collins, who we talked about before, who's, who's emerged as a pretty decent threat. Um, I actually kind of like the Raiders to win this game outright. I, I like a, a high-scoring game with the Raiders coming out on top. They're, they're plus 270 money line. They're plus seven for the line. Um, just to be safe, because I I don't I just don't see this game being more than seven points. And if you look at the the prime time games lately, that's kind of been the kind of been the the barometer. It's been three points here, three points there. It happened on Thursday. It happened last night. It was two. You know, the, the Bengals covered last night. The Colts covered last Thursday. I just, it, unless the Chiefs are able to consistently get to Derek Carr, which I don't think they will because now he's got Hunter Ren, Renfro back as a, uh, kind, of a, kind of a very quick third option if he has to, or even a first option, then I, I don't see them winning this game because I think the Raiders' offense can be that good, especially against a defense that gives up as much on, you know, through the air as Kansas City. Uh but if they are able to consistently get the car, maybe they sack him seven to eight times, then you're looking at a game that goes well under and it's probably like thirty-five to thirteen Chiefs or twenty or thirty-one to fifteen or seventeen Chiefs or thirty one to thirteen chiefs, something like that. But um, I think that the line is right for, for my for my prediction. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. The Raiders will have a tough time stopping the Chiefs and vice versa. And the Raiders actually win it outright, Rick.
2: I hope you're right. I think we're going to get smoked tonight. Yeah. I say, yeah. I say smoked as a lifelong Raider fan. I think the first three possessions by Kansas City will be 21 to nothing, and people will start watching Netflix. But I hope you are right. All right. Uh, by the way, Matt Rule got fired. He's only won 11 games in two-plus years. <laughs> uh, really not a big surprise for you?
17: Well, I mean, come on. Sam Darnold. And then you put your stake into Baker Mayfield. I mean, at least play Matt Coral. At least give him a shot. But Mayfield's been one of the biggest busts in, in the last ten years that I can recall, and I'm not shocked. at All the guys, barely five foot eleven, uh, at Oklahoma, he would just run around aimlessly and, and throw to a very fast wide receiver against a very slow defense. And like the, some some of those stats that he had were against teams like Kansas before Kansas is now. You know, the pretty decent team. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not shocked at all. He didn't. He didn't draft. He actually drafted really well defensively. I love J.C. Horn. I love Derek Brown. I like the way that he was trying to build his team uh, with, you know, with Jeremy Chin and, like, the Shaq Thompsons of the world, Brian Burns even. But he just didn't have the quarterback play. McCaffrey was consistently injured. They didn't have a good tight end. Uh, they didn't have very good wide receivers. Robbie Anderson was kind of their top guy. D.J. Moore had a little bit of a flash last year. But, yeah, I mean, the, it, that, that's a prime example of a bad quarterback taking down everybody with him.
2: Yeah, and he's also the guy, Matt Rule, that thought that uh, uh, Sam Darnold was going to be really great, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's move on. The I was talking about Mets fans, the very slow, watching them bleed to death uh, last <laughs> night. And, of course, you know, the Padres didn't have Tatis, and here you got Scherzer and DeGrom. How surprised were you that the Mets choked?
17: I wasn't surprised at all. It, it's nice to see the Padres – emerge as a bit of a threat in the nl they'd certainly have the personnel to do it i do think that joe musgrove clearly cheated last night he had vaseline all over his ear for for a couple of innings and his ball was really really moving so I, that and if, MLB should do something about that but yeah i mean the, the mets have been choke artists for a while it, and it's very storytelling you know it, it's, it's almost a fairy tale you spend all that money on pitching and then pitching ends up being your downfall, and they really spent all that money everywhere. I wish they would have played Francisco Alvarez more. I think he's going to be one of the. I think he's going to be the, the next great catcher in Major League Baseball. Hopefully, he comes out next year and, get, and gets that starting job from Nido and, and McCann. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked at all that that seems to be what happens. And, and Juan Soto's having a nice little postseason already, and so is Trent Grisham, who's got two bombs. So maybe maybe this Padres team without Tatis, but with a very very strong Machado and uh, an emerging Soto and emerging Gresham is able to, to, to make some noise, and we'll see what happens on, I know, tomorrow
11: against the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, let's talk about some of those uh, brackets right now. Uh, Houston and Seattle, your initial thoughts?
17: I like Seattle here. I'm a big fan of Castillo. Verlander, yeah, he's 39. He's had a, he's had a fantastic year, but it's about that time where I think he, might, he may start to break down a little bit. Um, obviously the Astros have a lot of talent offensively but there's kind of that there's kind of that that fairytale element too with with Seattle I think Julio Rodriguez is is, is actually had a much better year than Griffey did in his first year he just signed that 12-year colossal deal for like 450 million dollars or something absolutely crazy uh you know the Logan Gilbert Robbie Ray obviously George Kirby they've got they actually got a pretty decent amount of talent offensively I like Cal Raleigh what he's done as a rookie at, at catcher and and Ty France and J.P. Crawford and you know Eugenio Suarez. So yeah, I actually I like the Mariners to emerge victorious from this series. Rick, how about you?
2: Uh, I think Houston is going to get it done. I just think Verlander is going to deal, and I just think they got too much talent. And everyone's going to be rooting for Seattle. So I think there's going to be some
17: weird there. What about the oh, Guardians just, and the Yanks? People just want to watch the Astros lose after what happened three
2: years yeah. ago. I feel you. Well, that Joe Musgrove said it himself. He said, "I want a ring I can wear with pride." So, um, <laughs> anyway, we, he said it. Uh, I got time for one more question: Guardians at Yankees to begin. Your thoughts?
17: The Yankees are minus two hundred five tomorrow. They finally got rid of Chapman, like like we talked about before. He screwed mm. up again. They said, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even on the team, which they should have done a long time ago. So that baggage is off, which is, I think is going to help them a lot. I like the Yankees in this series. Uh, probably get it done in five or six.
2: All right. Uh, well, actually, that was quick. Give me a quick uh, Braves-Phillies then.
17: I'm not. I want to, I'm back and forth. They just signed Strider, but Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. The, the Phillies have been playing They've been quietly playing very well, and they have a ton of talent. Schwarber has hit a lot of home runs. Harper, when he's healthy, is as good as anybody. Castellanos, obviously, Riamuto is the first catcher to steal thirty or to steal twenty bases and hit thirty home runs in a year. Um, so, I, I actually, I, I kind of like the Phillies here. I think it's going to be a very close series. But I, I, we'll put it this way: I wouldn't put money on the Braves. I would put money on the Phillies if I had to.
2: Wow, a little Schwarber magic there, huh?
17: Yeah, a little Schwarber action.
2: <laughs> all right. He is J.D. Sharp. Check him out and all his friends at AgainstTheNumber.com. J.D., great stuff as always. Thanks, man.
17: Hey, thanks a lot, Rick.
2: All right. Um, we got to open lines on the other side. We have added a guest, though, at 1140, Ricky Stern, who has uh, a radical life. We'll hear about that. She's on Discovery. But coming up next, open lines. We'll take a look at the NFL weekend at 1-800-878-PLAY. Come on back. Yeah.
0: That's 800-943-2153. You're
8: so ugly
14: you could be a modern art masterpiece.
10: I'm 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: All right, everybody. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen to me right now. Because once again, your boy was right. And I am undefeated when it comes to this. I told you on Friday put all your money on the New York Giants, as weird as that seem, because the Packers were flying into London on Friday. And what did I say? I said, they'll come out gangbusters, and then in the fourth quarter, they'll be dog tired. You know why? Because in the fourth quarter, for them, it'll be 3 a.m. body time, and I don't care how much you sleep on the plane, it's still 3 a.m. your body's time, and you're playing in an NFL game. I can tell you there were times when I was playing cornerback that I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to go back to the huddle. It was like a 35 yard run all the way back to the huddle. And like, what are you doing? I got, well, I just got kicked in the stomach. I got punched in the neck. I got body slammed. And then I got up and I got body slammed again. And you want me to go all the way over there to a huddle? So, and that wasn't even the NFL. (laughs) So you just think about going through that at 3 a.m. And the Giants are not super impressive outside of Saquon Barkley. But I'm just telling you that the second half, the Packers couldn't score a point. And I should have bet the house. I really should have. But I just, I'm not a gambling man. Because whenever I bet, I lose. And you know who else that's true for? Everyone else on earth. Except... Zero 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 point zero. I guess I could have used no zeros, but point zero 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 one percent. But I told you fly in on Friday for the London game and you will lose. And that's what happened as the Giants beat Green Bay 27 22. And Aaron Rodgers said, I don't like what I heard in the locker room. The Chargers over Cleveland, once again, in Cleveland, a game the Browns could have won, but they let too many uh, balls slip out of their hands. And the most notable one, Jacoby Brissett, threw a third down interception with three minutes left. If he had just thrown the ball away, they would have kicked a field goal to maybe win. Uh, But uh, they didn't trust Cade York, uh, the rookie who already missed two field goals. They got another chance with a 54-yarder with 16 seconds left, and it was just there for them, and they lost by two. They lost 30-28, to 28. overshadowed a huge day by Chubb on the ground, 134 yards on just 17 carries, two touchdowns. Minnesota beat Chicago 29-22, and in the past, maybe the Bears might have just packed it up and mailed it in after they were down 25-3. to three. Justin Fields actually looking pretty good in the second half. Stanford's David Montgomery, returned to the lineup, looked pretty good. But they just couldn't stop Minnesota. They only punted one time the whole game. And so, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, the new coach, the Vikings are putting together something. New Orleans beat Seattle in New Orleans 39-32 And the Saints had to turn to their not-so-secret weapon, Taysom Hill. He's a tight end. He's a quarterback. He's a running back. He threw a touchdown pass. He ran for three touchdowns, including a 60-yarder. Alvin Kamara came in. He ran for 194 yards. And still the Saints almost uh, lost that game. It was 39-32. Tampa Bay beat Atlanta. Twenty-one fifteen. that was the. this was the early game the bay area got the only early game and this was a snoozer to watch i tried actually to watch some of it because i thought the niners were playing at 10 but they're on the east coast but playing at 4 p.m local which was stupid by the way the niners are on their way to west virginia to hang out before they place atlanta i thought they would be going to youngstown but anyway what a snoozer and the uh, Falcons lost the game, only 21 to 15, and so they broke up their two-game losing streak to Tampa Bay. Tennessee beat Washington 21-17. This is another one I'm glad I didn't see. <laughs> the Titans gave up two long touchdowns, but other than that, they didn't do uh, they didn't give up much uh, else. But when the commanders watch film of the game, they're going to want to turn their head every time a third down play comes up because they were one for 11 on third Houston with another baseball score, 13 to six over Jacksonville. And it took five weeks, but maybe they found their recipe for success for Houston. Give Damian Pierce the ball and then play defense because he ran for 99 yards. And uh, the Jaguars will be hugely disappointed that they didn't pull this one out. Because if the Jaguars can't figure out the Texans, but think about this as a bogey team. Did you know that Jacksonville has lost nine in a row to Houston? And this is probably the most baffling of it all. Trevor Lawrence did throw an ugly pick in the end zone in the third quarter. But the offense piled up yardage. You couldn't finish off their drives 13 to six. Uh, another snoozer, Buffalo 38-3 over Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh struggled in all three phases. The defense couldn't get off the field. They couldn't put any pressure on Josh Allen. One pressure in the stat sheet. Uh, the Steelers' special teams muffed a kickoff, missed a field goal. Kenny Pickett, as, you know, debuting as the starter, got P.O. because he had a late hit. Um, he wasn't horrible. George Pickens, another rook, wasn't bad either, but Josh Allen came in, even without the injured uh, wideout Isaiah McKenzie. He threw for a career-high 424 yards and then left before before leaving the game, I should say, uh, rookie James Cook, 24-yard touchdown run. Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. These guys are very uh, under the radar, some of these names. Najee Harris couldn't get anything, 17 touches for 54 yards. The Jets beat Miami 40-17, to 17. and how about those Jets? Zach Wilson pops up. He's now 2-0 on the year. He didn't throw a touchdown, but who cares? He didn't need to. Brees Hall, the greatest running back in Iowa State history, was fantastic. And as I said, Teddy Bridgewater knocked out after his first snap. They had to go with Skylar Thompson, the former K-State rook. Didn't have a chance. New England over Detroit, 29 to nothing. And the Lions got a reality check in Foxborough. The first four possessions, failed fourth down, punt, Jared Goff interception, and then a fumble that got returned for the TD. And remember what Belichick did to Goff in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Bailey Zappy, one pick, one touchdown. It doesn't matter. The Patriots are comfortable with him. Uh, San Francisco over Carolina, another snoozer. Just really a first round knockout. It cost Matt Rule his job. 37 to 15. Garoppolo didn't make any mistakes. Dallas beat the Rams 22 to 10. Most consecutive starts to begin a career in the last 15 years. Jimmy Garoppolo holds the record with seven. He was seven and zero. Get rid of him. Patrick Mahomes is next with six, and then tied for third, Kyle Allen. Remember him, Carolina, and Cooper Rush five. Excuse me, five and zero. That was a pretty good sneeze. But listen, the the offense only scored one touchdown. The the the, the fantastic defense just all over Stafford in this game. As I mentioned, twenty-two to ten, Philadelphia beat Arizona twenty to 17, uh, they were very fortunate because Kyler Murray had some late game blunders and um, the, uh, the the Cardinals started going to hurry up mode, which was helping them once they went down 14 to nothing. But as I said, some uh, late blunders and now the 49ers are in first place in the division. And then uh, finally the uh, Baltimore nineteen seventeen victory over the Bengals. The Bengals had that game in their grasp, obviously, if you're down by two. The defense just couldn't come up with a stop. Game-winning drive, 50 yards in the final two minutes. The Bengals' defense actually was playing well. Big fourth down stop and an interception of Lamar Jackson. But offensively, the Bengals shot themselves in the foot. They came away with zero points getting down to the Baltimore two-yard line. And Zach Taylor made these baffling play calls, including a Philly special that lost 12 yards. You remember that one? In the Super Bowl never gave Joe Mixon a chance to score, even though he was averaging six yards a carry on the night. So all hail Justin Tucker. The Ravens weren't perfect, but when you have a weapon like Tucker on your team, you don't have to be. Hit all his field goals, hit the game winner 43 yards out, hit one from 58. And, uh, you know, Jackson did leave some pretty good scoring drives there. But defensively, the Ravens did a good job. Bottling up the Bengals passing attack, Joe Burrow just 217 yards, Jamar Chase uh, just 50 yards uh, on that uh, game. And uh, normally 50 yards is pretty good for a receiver, but when it's Jamar Chase, you hold him to 50, that's not bad. So the standings, yeah, I mean, Buffalo is the best team in the AFC, the only team with four wins, and Philadelphia is the lone undefeated team in the nfl and the nfc of course five and zero. are they really that good well their record says they are all right we'll take a quick break we'll come on back with ricky stern right here on sports tell me who's
8: watching who's watching me
0: Spirit Dental offers a $100 lifetime deductible, a huge network of dentists. And here's the best part. There's no waiting periods. Yeah, that means you can call right now and have real dental insurance for you and your family tomorrow and get that immediate coverage you want. Spirit Dental has plans for just a few dollars a day up to $5,000 annual maximum, and coverage for implants. Whatever age you are, the dental insurance you need is a free phone call away. Now don't wait, and be sure to ask about Spirit's vision plan. Here's the number, 800-634-0482, 800-634-0482. That's 800-634-0482.
10: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: Thank you for that. And uh, Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show award winning filmmaker Ricky Stern. And uh, she has a, a brand new film called A Radical Life. And it will be streaming on Discovery Plus beginning on October 13th. First of all, Ricky, welcome to the show. Really like the uh, Joan Rivers, a uh, piece of work that you did um, about a decade ago. That was a, that was a really good one, I have to say.
12: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show.
2: All right, so let's take us inside the mind of Tanya Joya, who was uh, basically called the first lady of uh, ISIS. About who she is and uh, about the sort of genesis of this project.
12: Yeah. So Tanya grew up in South London. She's her family is Bangladesh, and um, she grew up uh, with a lot of racism and a lot of anti-Muslim sentiment. And uh, post 9/11, she basically became radicalized. She was looking for a place to belong, and she felt, as a Muslim woman growing up in in the UK, she didn't feel like she fit in there. And she she was either too Western or too Muslim, depending on you know who who she encountered and. Very quickly, she uh, took on sort of fundamentalist beliefs and met an American who was um, becoming radicalized uh, and who ultimately became what some consider is a highest ranking American in ISIS once it was declared the caliphate. And so the film looks at how she became radicalized and and was drawn toward, and why she was drawn towards extremism, her relationship with ultimately her husband, John George lists, Um, and then their move to Syria before the caliphate was declared, before it became the Islamic State declared the caliphate, and her escape. So she was there with her three sons, and she was pregnant, six months pregnant, and wanted to get out and, and was able to escape and get back to the United States and move to Texas with John's parents. And that's the story, the film... I think is a really relevant one now as we're seeing more and more extremist groups and people feeling more isolated and disenfranchised. And I'm hoping that we can have conversations. So, um, you know, to to maybe stem some of this growing, you know, sort of alienation and hatred.
2: Is there a common theme with the radicalization? Is it a willingness to belong? Is it a a sort of indoctrinated, uh, hatred uh is, is there a common theme or do you think it's all uh individual
12: I mean just from the research i I think there is a common there there are common traits in individuals to seek whether I mean some would call it cults as well you know this sort of belief um, that rises from hatred and anger um, and oftentimes they have very personal you know it's in a reaction to their own People hating them, racism against them, or feeling like they they haven't been given opportunities and have, have turned it outward to hate others. So I, I do think there are sometimes common traits. I mean, I, um, and I think Tanya would say that she was also in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, that she was didn't feel a part of anything. And so when the community she grew up in, there were, she would say, many individuals who sort of turned towards. Terror, terrorism, terrorist. And she was, she'd say, indoctrinated. She was looking for something to believe in. She was looking for power, a sense of self, and she was drawn into it.
2: How much is she, how much was she manipulated and uh, used? And how much is, do you think she's uh, complicit or culpable?
12: I really think you make choices, right? And you make decisions, maybe you make bad decisions. And I think um, she's responsible for the choices she made and the decisions she made. Um, And I think the culpability is an interesting question. And we're seeing this more now with some of the wives and women who went to fight with ISIS and uh, are now left trying, you know, while I didn't actually do the violence, but there's a, there's a, uh, thinking about the role that women play in ISIS in enabling the men to do the violence and to, um, and, you know, taking care of them. You know, in Tanya's case, she left before ISIS, but uh, before it was formed as an ISIS, as a, and, and her husband at that time wasn't directly involved in violence, but he was definitely espousing extremist views. Um, so, uh, you know I don't I, I'm not I, I think it's a good question, and um, she was never charged um, and she has provided support to the US government um, and worked for them for a couple years um, providing information for them.
2: What would be maybe uh, one or two things that uh, sort of stuck out to you once you did the research that almost seems stranger than fiction?
12: Well, I was always really curious why women would want to join ISIS, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a play. It, it, the belief is that women are um, controlled by their husbands, by the men, that they don't have the same power. So I was wondering what what drives a woman into ISIS, and I and I think their, they did the propaganda and from ISIS was incredibly powerful. They really sold it as a land of opportunity to live a better life, to have a more traditional life. So certainly women who were going there to support the beliefs in ISIS and many of them were converts, you know, these are Western people um, were sold this, this sense of utopia. Um, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot. And it comes out in the film that is just surprising. I think we, be, we think of terrorists as, uh, and rightly so, you know, awful, you know, frightening do terrible things in in the name of their beliefs or maybe who knows but I think when you when you hear firsthand from an individual who was who who was brought into it who was looking for something, you realize that it's it's there's a lot more nuance in why people join these cults why people join these extremist groups and what they're looking for and I think there is always this hate is behind it but um, It's not necessarily what drives them to it initially. Wanting a family, wanting a sense of uh, belonging to something is often, I, I think, what we've seen driving people. And then the hatred, the sense of we're very different from others and we need to fight for our beliefs is all part of it.
2: At any point, were you ever remotely concerned about your own safety when you poked and prodded into this world?
12: I mean, I'm not because uh Tanya's story has already been published. The way we found it, producer who brought it to me found it from an Atlantic article. So it has already been widely publicized. But I think certainly you know, when you're looking at extremist groups, you have to um y- you have to be somewhat wary, you have to be careful. You you know, and I um so and also because many of the stories that we tell in this uh, is, or 10 years old, you know, time has passed. Um, so I wasn't personally, but I, I think there's certainly, um, you, you want to be careful.
2: I would think too, a couple of years ago, you did the doc on Epstein's Island, all the names that are mm-hmm. supposed to be on that list. I mean, I would think that would be even more dangerous looking <laughs> into something <laughs> like that.
12: I mean, all these films. Well, that again, with the Jeffrey Epstein story, is a lot of that had been published. And, and it's important as a documentary filmmaker that you have some means for vetting your facts. And, and because they, they had been published, whether it was in the New York Times or in other newspapers um, that had done their due diligence, that, that is always like, a, it's a gift because then you have to do less due diligence. But it's important that you, that you do that because, right, you don't want to name someone uh, in anything um, if you don't have really good sources and that you've vetted
2: also, too, I just think about the—and and there's misguided idealism on, on every side, but I just think about, especially when it comes to ISIS, are all the rewards in the afterlife, or do they promise things while you're mm-hmm. still here?
12: I mean, I, I, you know, I, would, I don't want to say I'm an expert on ISIS, but you're correct. Many of the rewards or the rewards are in the afterlife. So what you do and sacrifice in sacrificing your life now— is meaningless. Uh, it all will. It's meaningless. It's meaningful in that you're guiding to the afterlife, which is where uh, you know you will all be reunited. So um, that's a pretty dangerous thing if you're not living in the world today with concern. Um, you know. So I think that there's a certain recklessness in that, and certainly in Tanya's case, her husband would say about their actions, you know, well, I will see my son in the afterlife, you know, we will be reunited. And so you can, I guess, be somewhat cavalier with life if if you think your life really here is meaningless, if it has to only be meaningful when you get to that after death.
2: I think it's also hilarious slash sad that regardless of any ideology or religion that anyone who tells you to you what happens after you died is from somebody who has never died
8: <laughs>
12: <laughs> Yes, yeah, well that's true that's true i mean you know i think when we look at religious texts there's so much interpretation that goes on and and i would say in all all religions there's difference the way people practice there's fundamentalist beliefs in all religions there's you know uh, reforms in all religions and so I would look at religion and say I think, and sometimes we have to be careful because it it becomes a source more sometimes of, of of separating and dividing us than it is as a unifier.
2: No doubt about it. Couldn't agree with you more. The film is called A Radical Life. It'll begin streaming on Discovery Plus coming up here on October. 13th. That's uh, Thursday. And uh, we have been joined uh, by our guest, Ricky Stern, who along with Ann Sunberg, has made some fascinating films, award-winning films over the years. Ricky, congratulations. And by the way, the cool people are all called Ricky, aren't they?
12: <laughs> well, I'll take that as a compliment. I guess so. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I'm Ricky Tittle. Thanks for coming on the show today. Okay.
8: Thank
12: you so right.
2: much. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Violin.
0: How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-514-0521. 800 514 one four zero five two one. That's 80-514-0521. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open road lending can reduce your car payment by as much as a hundred dollars a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing. It's easy, only takes a few minutes, and there's no cost or obligation to apply and get approved. Call today and see how much you can save 800-871-9417, 800-871-9417, 800-871-9417. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
18: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror?
17: People are always asking me, Tiger, uh, how do you do it?
15: And my
3: answer is shut up. Uh, I ask the questions around here. I'm Tiger Woods.
10: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: Thank you for that. You know, I was looking at uh, backup quarterback. I was talking about Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins. When you look at college football, you think about all these blue chip guys. Alabama had to go with their backup named Jalen Mulrose. Three turnovers. They barely beat AM 24 20. And then Haynes King at AM. Stunk. Kentucky, of course, has Will Levis, but or Will leave us. Will he leave us? He will leave us for the draft. But he was hurt, so they put in a guy named Kaya Sharon. That's right, a guy with two girl names. Rick, I don't like that. That's problematic. In other words, problematic. Kaya Sharon. He stunk, and Kentucky lost to South Carolina. Arkansas uh, put in a backup named Malik Hornsby. They could only score seventeen points. Auburn got destroyed with their backup, a guy named Robbie Ashford. And you could really throw Oklahoma in there as well Uh, with uh, Dylan Gabriel Hurt. They put in this guy named Davis Bevel. He threw for 38 yards in that 49 to nothing Red River showdown loss. But I'm telling you, with this transfer uh, portal, it's harder and harder to keep depth. You, You talk about transfers. I was talking about panics up in Washington. Uh, the whole thing about you're going to have to sit out a year and it's like, I might as well just stay here and see if homeboy gets hurt or goes to the pros, whatever. But yeah, it's harder and harder to have depth, but it also just shows you that these blue chip guys on a full ride, I'm telling you your backup QB is most likely on a full ride, 99% that he is and they come in and stink and it's because they panic or they're too young or they're inexperienced or they're just not that good. And so, you know, normally you wouldn't think the drop-off would be as big in college as it is in the NFL because in the NFL it's precipitous. The Niners began the season with a Super Bowl quarterback as their backup, and now look at them. It's almost like Trey Lance didn't even start the season. Does anybody even remember who Trey Lance is? Hello? Hello. Bueller? John Lynch? Parag? All right, I'm Rick Fiddle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. pack time